And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama. I'm talking about we are all over the northern half of this state. And like the dude said earlier on, solid conservative and just plain right. I, I got some more text. Oh, you, you do. Too. And I, I have one, too. I, I think you missed this one. JT from Lacey Springs said, speaking of Biden papers, new Corvettes now have a hidden document compartment. <laughs> <laughs> Not a glove box, mind you, nope, but a hidden nope. document. A hidden compartment. document compartment. No longer compartment. necessary to keep it in a cardboard box in your garage. <laughs> you can just slide it in the secret compartment in your Corvette. Um, yeah, and I had uh, Jeff from Indiana, by the way. Uh, Boomer. Yeah, Jeff. So he, he knows you got your new, uh, new podcast, you and McQueen. Uh, he says, uh, Boomer needs some socks so I can wear one on the right side and then a right life sock on the other so I can go in the <laughs> stall in the truck stop bathroom and the guy next to me can say, hey, brother, can you spare a square? And what kind of socks are those you're wearing? <laughs> Jeff. Spare a square. <laughs> and I like your socks. Oh, golly. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's, just, that's just funny. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. What am I oh, doing Jeff. here? JT, you already got that one. Uh, you know what? I think we need to do, Boomer. We've had so many people comment on the camel um, that I'm pretty sure this needs to be a two hump camel day. I think so. Play it. Here we go. Oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? Oh. It's hump day. Woo-hoo! All right. All right. We're going to move into the triple dipper now. And in fact, it's a good thing we laughed when we did because this next segment has got some stuff in it that ain't that funny. Um, so I'm doing this first section of the triple dipper. I'm calling this when government gets it wrong. Um, you know, things like you look at it and go, okay, I get the fact that there's going to be activists in the world who see things a certain way, who want to fly their flag, you know, and do their thing. Uh, who believe that they should be allowed to march in the streets and say whatever they want to say, and that's truthfully part of their constitutional rights here in, in, this, in this nation. It's a whole other thing when government does it. It's a whole other thing when government decides to be activist. Well, okay, first story I got out the gate here just kind of goes in line with that monologue we just had. So 1819 News has a story that came out today. You can go to 1819news.com and see it. Here's the headline. You ready? Prattville High School assignment questions students about privilege and oppression based on sexual orientation, gender, body size, and religion. Why is this a lesson in a Prattville High School classroom? So here's the background. You ready? It says a 10th grade Prattville High School teacher reportedly issued a graded assignment to her students asking them to identify their gender, sex, sexual orientation, body size, religious affiliation, and more. And by the way, I've got a copy of it right here. I'll I'll, I'll tell you that in a minute. According to one parent who requested anonymity, their 10th grade student arrived home with questions about their assignment, which was reportedly graded and given in a general English class taught by a teacher named Joella McIntosh and was required to be turned in by the end of the class. The parents said the student's grade on the assignment is still visible on their Google Classroom. The assignment is originally a printout from the University of Michigan. Okay. But one, because one question can be seen with U of M scratched out and PHS, you know, the high school penciled in. The assignment was titled Social Identity Groups, and it asked students a series of questions. This is amazing to me, y'all. Ask students a series of questions about their individual identity groupings to identify where they fall in the categories of things like gender, sex, or sexual orientation, etc. Examples are given, like, 
Are you a woman, a man, a transgender, or a postgender? The options for your social class are things like poor, working class, lower middle class, upper middle class, owning class, and ruling class. What? What the frick does that mean? Owning class and rural cla- ru- ruling class. Your body size. You can check off things like fat or person of size or thin. Your sexual orientation is things like lesbian, gay, bisexual, pan-attractional, heterosexual, queer, attractionality, and questioning. I'm questioning why this is an assignment. One question even asks students what part of their identity causes them to feel the most oppression, while another question asks them which which part of their identity gives them the most privilege. Well, I've got a copy of it. I mean, you can tell that it was all folded up. The kid brought it home in their pocket or something. But here, I'm holding it up to the camera. It's legit, and it's multi-page. This thing is unreal. And this was handed out in Prattville, Alabama. Handed out in a 10th grade class. And it's got on here things like, I just read a few of them. But then I look at, like, race. Choose your race. And it gives you examples. It could be Asian Pacific Islander, Native American, Latin, X, I think, black, white, multiracial. And then your ethnicity could be Irish, Chinese, Puerto Rican, Italian, Mohawk, Jewish, Mohawk? Mohawk. Uh, That that seems like kind of out of place. Anyway, uh, you can check off things like, you know, your disabilities, things like cognitive, physical, temporarily able-bodied, temporarily disabled, where you're from. I, I look at this and think, why is this even in our schools at all. And what did this have to do with English? Nothing. What part of your gender identity do you see having the most effect on your interactions with your coworkers or peers? What part of your identity do you feel you receive the most privilege from the most often? And then it's got the, the wheel. You can choose on the wheel as I hold it up to the camera here. You can choose on the wheel where you fall in certain things, uh, your religious or spiritual affiliations your socioeconomic status, the identities that have the strongest effect on how you perceive yourself. This is, this is nothing but an activist handout. But here's the thing. It ain't the only one. So, Boomer, you had somebody send you one yesterday. Yep, had somebody send me one, and it infuriated me. Um, somebody you know, I know. Mm-hmm. Somebody we both know, I guess. Yeah. Right here in the listening area. In the listening area. So Prattville is barely in the listening area, down yonder towards Montgomery. Okay, All right. yep. But the one you sent me is totally different. It's a it's a one of the bubble sheet kind where you fill in the bubbles. You like and I'm holding it up to the camera right yep. now. Fill in the bubbles. Um, and some of the questions on there were just like, why why do they need to put this on here? Yeah, why is this, what was the context of why this is handed out? Do we have any idea who, who what part of school was it handed out in? Do you know? The one? Uh, I can check. I'll I'll double check on that. What yeah. context it was? Here's the, here's the bottom line. Uh, this was a the, the one that Boomer got yesterday. Uh, this is, by the way, this is this is government, all right. This is your school system. These are your tax dollars. These are school superintendents slash teachers on the public dime handing these out to students in public schools. And oh, by the way, the one that I've got here that Boomer got, uh, it asks you, are you more attracted to same gender, opposite gender, any gender? I mean, it just, what the heck? I believe it was like a school survey. Yeah, but for what purpose? Was it like mm-hmm. something that the counselor was going to keep in their office, or oh, was it or I don't what? It's just un- unreal. Um, okay. I, anyway. Ugh. So 
Folks, here, here's the deal. It's an amazing thing when you stop and think about the fact that sometimes government becomes activist on its own. And that's because government is made up of people. I mean, granted, if you're going to have activists outside of government, then it's, it's very likely you can have activists inside government. The fact, but the, but the, the difference becomes is that unless you are a legislator whose design by law is to help make law, then you're not supposed to be creating this kind of controversy in and of your own self. It is not your role to go ahead and be the activist who changes the norms of culture. Your job is to teach English. Your job is to teach science. Your job is to teach math. Your job is to teach. And, and so here we have a classic example of government deliberately getting it wrong. Not only, not only are they handing out documents that are probably inflaming parents once they find out about it, but they're also pursuing things that have nothing to do with their charter, with their, with their, their job description. And then they've also, in a state where we have already outlined that we as a state, the laws of the state do not allow gender transition therapies on kids. We don't go down that road. And then on top of all that, we, we are a conservative state that, socially speaking, doesn't go down those roads, and yet we're going to wind up having people in government making decisions about things they have no business making decisions on. If you're going to have activists in the streets, you can imagine there will be times when you're going to have activists in government. And what I just read you right there was a classic example of that. And sometimes government gets it wrong. Uh, I'll tell you what, Boomer, let's take a break about a minute earlier than usual. We'll do that right now. We'll come back because I'm going to switch gears within the same topic of when government gets it wrong. How about the time when I was in the state Senate and I got to help block a bill for needle exchanges? Yeah, that was something. But guess what? It's ongoing around the nation right now. How do we, how do we just see government getting it so wrong that they are basically perpetuating drug use? Uh, we'll talk about it. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. All right, so I'm doing this first segment here, calling this when government gets it wrong. Um, that happens a lot, by the way. Uh, so, I mean, I'll point out, government is made up of fallible people, just like every other part of society. Government is made up of people who get up in the morning, and put their pants on one leg at a time. Um, but what, what's, what's, what's especially irritating is when you find yourself recognizing that government is sometimes also filled with activists, that activists see the opportunity to get in government to have an opportunity to either regulate or legislate those things which, you know, don't need to be there, basically. They get it wrong. Uh, and, and some of this is going to be subjective. Some of it's, less, you know, some of it may be, you know, the opinions that many of us share but not everybody shares, and I get it. Other times, though, they're just outside their lane. Like a minute ago, me talking about this, the schools having these, these uh, surveys are given to kids that 
that's way outside the bounds. That's so outside the lane of what that teacher is supposed to be doing in a 10th grade English class. And I got news. I guarantee that teacher knew exactly what she was doing and gave it out anyway. I mean, I, and I, I guess she thought nobody was ever going to care or know. I don't know. But here's another one. Here's another version, in my opinion, of government just being so wrong. Drug use is rampant in our nation right now. And Boomer, I'm going to need that uh, audio clip here in just a minute. But drug use is rampant, and fentanyl overdoses have compounded it. We, we're, we're losing people by the score. And so when you see that, you think, okay, what government should be doing is trying to stop drug use, not accommodate it or make it worse. Well, in 2017, when I was still in the state Senate, there was a bill that was carried by a Republican, a guy named Jack Williams from uh, Vestavia. I know Jack. We get along fine. But he had this bill, and I could not fathom why he would carry it. And I made it known. Uh, I will block that bill. I will do everything I can to prevent that from happening. And I did. And I'm proud to say that uh, I feel like I was a um, personally a big part in getting this bill stopped. But the bill introduced in April of 2017 would have allowed Alabama to legalize needle exchange programs all across the state. Uh, allegedly, to do things like, you know, stop the, to help stymie the opioid abuses. No, it's not going to do that. It's going to accommodate drug use. It's going to give away the paraphernalia they need to perpetuate a drug use. Now, some are going to say, well, Phil, it's a clean needle exchange. They can bring in their dirty needles and get clean ones. And that way, hepatitis C and HIV and all those things will be stymied. No, they won't. No, they won't for a second. So let me get this straight. First of all, take into account that the vast majority of the time, unhealthy people do not make healthy decisions. So the idea that an addict who lives under a bridge is going to say, you know, I think it'd be a good idea for me to run on down there and get some clean needles and take in these dirty ones. I just feel like being a good citizen today and making sure I take better care of myself. The idea that's going to happen is going to be very low. And what will happen, though, is the ones who do get it done, they won't then stray far from the place where they got the free needles. So you create a, a hub, if you will, for drug users to hang out so they don't have to go far from their you know, drug use site to get the paraphernalia they need to perpetuate the habit. So Jack Williams had the bill, introduced a potential new law in uh, the legislature. Uh, it would have changed our paraphernalia laws by allowing what were known as clean syringes at a, quote, approved harm reduction site. Keep that phrase in mind, harm reduction. They're not about cure. They're not about safety. They're not about trying to end the epidemic of drug use. It's about harm reduction, just mere mitigation. And they even go on to say that part of the justification for doing this, and I remember the discussion, was that where there's, there's the, the Department of Health in Alabama found that there were four counties, Walker, Winston, Marion, and Franklin, who were at a high risk for future HIV outbreaks. Future. Hadn't happened yet, but we want a needle exchange program because we see something in the future that could happen. Well, currently Alabama law does allow pharmacies to sell syringes without a prescription, but they local harm reduction advocates say that many of them won't sell to suspected drug users. You think? Druggie walks in looking strung out, says, I need a, need a box of needles. Uh, I'm sorry, sir, we are not going to, because they know what's going to happen. They're going to get abused. 
the, the pharmacist is going to feel like somebody may come back and hold them liable. And then the next day when the person who is, um, you know, diabetic needs new needles, but they've all been absconded or bought up and they don't have any in stock, maybe, a, maybe the pharmacist is prioritizing his patients or his, his clients. All that to say, we killed that bill. That was an awful bill. It never should have been brought in the Alabama legislature. But other states have already been doing this. The problem you've got is when government gets it so wrong. Boomer, you got that audio clip, man? So here's an example. Later in the show, a friend of mine, California State Senator Melissa Melendez, put some stuff online that caught my attention and really sparked me doing this segment. But as I was getting ready for the show today, I could not help but think, as government gets it wrong, part of it is when you see government actually espousing things that, that, that basically say, hey, it's nothing. keep on doing that. Well, here's the governor of the state of California talking about why we just all need to self-medicate sometime. Play that clip. Clean and sober is one of the biggest mistakes this country's ever made. I know it's a hold-your-hand idealistic point of view that somehow magically, I mean, God bless some of you. I, if you're like me, I've been known to have a glass of wine at night watching some of the nightly news. Uh, we all need to self-medicate periodically. Okay, I'm going to want to play that again because there's multiple parts in that. But here's the deal. Clean and sober is a fallacy in his mind. So why pursue anything to help people? There's that. The next piece of this is, it's just, you know, that we all need to self-medicate at times. That's the governor of the state of California, where people are dying in the streets on a daily basis, overdosing on fentanyl and everything else in the world. And the governor of the state, his only response is, clean and sober, that's not real. Clean, clean and sober, that's idealistic. It, it, we all need to self-medicate at times. Play it again. You got it for me, bud? Yeah. Clean and sober is one of the biggest mistakes this country's ever made. I know it's a hold-your-hand idealistic point of view that somehow magically, I mean, God bless some of you. I, if you're like me, I've been known to have a glass of wine at night watching some of the nightly news. Uh, we all need to self-medicate periodically. So he equates having a glass of wine at night with drug use in the streets. Clean and sober, he says, is idealistic. Um, it just, the, the very idea, how can government be so wrong? Well, sometimes government is filled with activists. Sometimes government is filled with people that are so filled with fallacy themselves that, that it perpetuates itself in the regulatory and the legislative capacities that they are there to serve in. And that, in my opinion, was a classic example of leadership gone awry. That was Gavin Newsom, a state where, where drug overdoses are epidemic right now, like killing more people than COVID ever did. Where, where fentanyl's in the street, where, where there, are, there are whole city blocks where people don't want to go anymore because it's so consumed by drug use and needles laying in the gutter and feces on the sidewalk and tent cities on places that used to be public thoroughfares. And that's his state. And that's a beautiful state. I used to live in California. That's a beautiful state. What a gorgeous state that is, filled with wonderful people who are having to be subjected to leadership that stands in front of a camera and says, clean and sober, that's just, that's just hand-holding. That's just idealistic. Well, I got news. It gets even worse when you consider the campaign that the San Francisco Department of Public Health has entered into with the Harm Reduction Coalition. Yeah, there's that phrase again. Sometimes government gets it wrong. Y'all stay tuned. We'll talk about it more in a minute.
are you right? You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right. Covering down on all of the issues. I'm talking local, state, national, sometimes international. Folks, I'm just saying, you got it all here on this show. Um, All right, listen, it's hour number two, Boomer. Good night. Oh, man. <laughs> so much stuff, it flies by. It does fly by. We got we got a whole lot more to go, too. We got great <laughs> guests. So, uh, so yeah, it's coming up here at the bottom of the half hour. Uh, that's going to be the Boomer and McQueen segment. Once a week, we're doing that now. The hosts of the new... Right Life Podcast as, yes. a, as a part of the Right Side Universe. Um, <laughs> can we can we do that? Can we say the Right Side Universe? I like that. The Right Side Universe. I mean, you got the Marvel Universe. So, Ooh. so why not? Why not? We, we now have the From Right the Side. Beyond. I like it. <laughs> the, the Right Side Universe has expanded. Uh, a new planet is now circling the orb of the Right Side Star. There you go. Yes. I like it. Okay. Um, hey, uh, you didn't lose that audio clip of Gavin Newsom, did you? I didn't lose it. I got it right here. <laughs> that wasn't meant to be like a slight. Like <laughs> No, no, I got it right here. I'm re- I, I have my finger on the button ready for it okay. again. I figured you wanted to play it again. I do. I so here, here's the deal. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you didn't hear the last part of the last segment of the last hour, so uh, I played a segment by Gavin Newsom basically saying that clean and sober is just a joke. And that uh, everybody needs to self-medicate once in a while. That's the guy in charge of the state where people are dying daily from drug overdoses. Play that clip again. Clean and sober is one of the biggest mistakes this country's ever made. I know it's a hold-your-hand idealistic point of view that somehow magically, I mean, God bless some of you. If you're like me, I've been known to have a glass of wine at night watching some of the nightly news. Uh, We all need to self-medicate periodically. Ugh. Ugh. Well, so coming up at the... uh, Top of the next hour, somebody who I met at a conference, uh, actually a Club for Growth conference, very conservative uh, gathering in D.C., um, State Senator Melissa Melendez. Uh, I still follow her on Twitter. She follows me on Twitter, I believe, and in, in the, in the, the end result of this, my, the point that I'm making is California State Senator Melissa Melendez, very conservative, posted something on Twitter the other day that I saw that also then her tweet made Fox News, which I didn't realize till this morning. But Fox News posted the story about what she put out, that the National Harm Reduction Coalition, there's this phrase, harm reduction. It's all about harm reduction. It's not about advocating for drug use. It's not about accommodating illegal behavior. No. It's not about doing things that make neighborhoods unsafe. Oh, goodness, no. It's about harm reduction. Whatever in conjunction with the San Francisco Department of Public Health. says a New York-based group, that's where the Harm Reduction Coalition is from. Um, is that the way I'm going to say it from now on, Boomer? You are. That's harm. <laughs> it's, it's a harm reduction. Uh, sounds very unthreatening. Anyway, okay. Uh, all right, going back. Um, yeah, they started a new drug abuse and overdose awareness pr- program in one of the most populous cities in California, San Francisco. 
Self-described as a nationwide advocate and ally for people who use drugs, the National Harm Reduction Coalition features a campaign under its drug overdose prevention. So here's the bottom line. I'm just going to get to it. If you want to see it on my Twitter feed, if you're on Twitter, go to, you can go to my Twitter feed, at Sin, that's S-E-N, at Sin Phil Williams. And I reposted State Senator Melendez's post showing four flyers, four flyers being put out in conjunction with the San Francisco Department of Public Health that paint a very rosy image of drug use. And they basically have happy, smiling druggies sitting on street sidewalks, laughing together while they help each other do drugs. I kid you not. Go take a look. Laughing together with phrases that say things like, um, where'd it go? Oh, gosh. Injecting drugs carries the highest risk of overdose, so try smoking or snorting instead. This is a state-sponsored or a, or a government-sponsored flyer. Injecting drugs carries the highest risk of overdose, so try smoking or snorting instead as the pictures of the shiny, happy druggies on the sidewalk helping each other do drugs. I mean, you, you look at this, and it, it goes on from there. It, it has other phrases in there like, you know, um, we need to all stick together, you know, and, and, and helping each other do drugs and watching out for each other as we do. Maybe you should try ingesting. Well, for the love. So there's no messaging at all about the ways addicts can ditch drugs. Um, there's no way they can be told how to do anything except do drugs every day on the sidewalk with your friends. Maybe try it a different way than what you've been doing. I'm going to go right now to my Twitter feed, at Williams. Like I said, if you want to follow me on Twitter, there it is. And I've got it posted, and the imagery of these flyers is just nauseating. So here's one. Let's take care of each other, San Francisco. Try ingesting or smoking instead of snorting. All the happy, and this looks like a drag queen uh, fest right now, sitting in a bar laughing as one tries to put the drugs in the other one's mouth. Uh, here's the ones on the sidewalk. Take it easy. Go slow. Use less at first to test the strength of your drugs. Okay. Here's the next one. Do it with friends. Use with people and take turns. Try not to use alone or have someone check on you. As they all sit on the sidewalk, watching the one guy with the band wrapped around his arm as he injects, waiting their turn to do it too. Oh, and one of them sitting in a wheelchair because they got to make sure they have, you know, just equity here in the distribution of drug use. And then the last one with the uh, smiley, happy hobo staring in the camera and his, his, his druggy friends on the sidewalk behind him laughing and having a good time. Change it up. Injecting drugs carries the highest risk of overdose. So try smoking or snorting instead. Brought to you by the harmreduction.org organization in conjunction with the San Francisco Department of Public Health. Here's the thing. Sometimes government gets it wrong. Gavin Newsom is doing nothing but empowering drug use in his state when he stands up there as the governor of the state and says, hey, you know, listen, we all got a self. Clean and sober, that's a joke. That's, you know, shiny, happy people holding hands. And basically he says at the end, uh, and, and self we all need to self-medicate a little bit once in a while. Well, it's no wonder that right down the road from the state capitol, we have a campaign going on in conjunction with another aspect of government, the San Francisco Department of Public Health, doing everything it can to make drug use look far more innocent and just suggesting ways where you can do drugs a little safer. Just, you know. 
We're going we're gonna to talk with State Senator Melendez about this at 4 o'clock. I want to hear her perspective. By the way, here's another aspect of her call. I told her that our second biggest podcast audience is California and that I want the world to hear her say as an insider that, yes, there are conservatives in California. Gavin Newsom does not represent every perspective in California. The, the, the Department of Public Health in San Francisco's inflammatory set of flyers that they're putting out, no telling how much they're spending on it, is not at all indicative of the way all Californians feel. Sometimes government gets it wrong. Here's another example. Just changing gears. I'm off the drugs now. That sounded bad. Somebody's going somebody's gonna, to somebody's gonna quote that one later on. Hey, Phil says he's clean and sober now. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm, I'm leaving that one behind. I, I'm, okay, that's not getting any better. It's just stop. Remember, just looks at me and goes, just stop. Just stop. Okay. I'm going to take a break now. <laughs> Minnesota governor signs a bill codifying a fundamental right to abortion into law. I believe that sometimes government gets it wrong, and this is a classic example. And this one's going to wind up being very subjective. I mean, I think we can look at the drug use thing and say, just wrong. And how do you argue otherwise? There are people who believe, though, that abortion is absolutely okay. Abortion on demand. Abortion up to the point of birth and beyond. Why don't we just call it infanticide? That's what it is. But now in Minnesota, they have become the first state since the Dobbs decision came out that overturned Roe v. Wade. They became the first state as of, uh, what, two days ago to enshrine the fundamental right to access abortion in the state as a right in the state of Minnesota. It says abortion is already legal in Minnesota, but in the aftermath of the Supreme Court ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade, the Protect Reproductive Options Act goes a step further by outlining that every person has the fundamental right to make autonomous decisions about their reproductive health. And with the passage of the bill, Minnesota is now the first state to codify abortion via legislative action. So it's basically the law of the land in Minnesota. I got a caller, Boomer. I got a break coming up, so we're going to do it. We better do it, bud. Um, we got a caller on line one, man. We do. Is that William from Huntsville? William, how you doing? Hey, bud. How you doing today? First, I want to say thank you. I enjoy listening to your, to your talk show whenever I come home from work. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I usually agree with you on most of the stuff you're saying, but uh, right now, I, I don't think I really do. Okay. Uh, uh, recovering meth addict. Okay. Well, hey, um, glad you're recovering. Yeah, thank you. Uh, four years. Four years and three days. Uh, so, like, what, I, I used to live out in Atlanta when I, when I was doing some of my stuff, and there's a place out there where they, they don't want you doing drugs. No one wants you doing drugs, but being on drugs, they, you ain't going to listen to nobody. Uh, but, you know, they used to go in there and take your old needles, and they give you new ones. But the whole time, you know, they're sitting there trying to convince you not to. So... It's not really what the government's doing wrong, because no one wants you to do drugs, but they're trying to get you to do it a safer way. I haven't seen the, the, the posters that you're talking about, but from my experience, I don't think that that would be a bad thing for them to be doing as much as it would be a more helpful All right, well, that's, that's way a, of trying to get people off of it. Man, that's a, that's a great perspective. All right, first of all, I'm applauding you for being sober now for, for what, four years, you said? Um, and yes, sir. and, and that's, that's huge, man, and, and stay on it. Uh, 
I, I would hope that you would, first of all, disagree with Gavin Newsom a minute ago who said that clean and sober is a joke. Um, that clean and sober is not a joke for you, is it? Oh, Lord, no. No, no. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure who Gavin Newsom is. I know he's from California. He's supposed to be running or something like that. Uh, obviously, he's not a big name because I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of, heard of him a couple times on the radio, you know. Um, no, no, clean and sober is definitely not a joke. It's well, the whole, he's, whole point of life right he, now. He's the, uh, he's the governor of California, believed to be a future candidate yeah. for president, and he's also uh, leading the, uh, one of the world's largest economies in California alone. So my point, I guess, I guess my point in this is, William, I get it, man. I hear you saying that they were trying to talk you out of it. Um, I used to work with addicts professionally, and I just, I just know that it's hard for them to make good decisions in the midst. And if they're being given free paraphernalia, a lot of times they're going to take it, and that's all there is to it. Uh, and it perpetuates the cycle. And so you're telling me you had a different well, yeah, experience. I mean, well, I mean, no, it, it definitely perpetuated the cycle. You know, it, it, was, it was an endless cycle for me. Uh, an addict's not going to get clean until they're ready for it. You know, uh, my parents didn't want me to get on drugs. If they could have did it for me, I would have never got on it, you know? Yeah. Well. Eventually they're going to hit the bottom, and then, then they'll finally realize what they need to do. But I'm not going to say I appreciate what the people did by being able to turn in the needles. Yeah. But I think that it that you know one one it's going to help stop diseases, and it, and it's going to you know kind of keep it a little bit cleaner and, and more of a safer way. Well, I tell you what, brother. Listen, um, I, I ran long because I wanted to keep your call going, but I got a break, and Boomer's giving me the, the thumbs up that I got to take the break, but. That's a bold call, and I appreciate you calling in. And I tell you what, more than anything, I'll tell you right now, and, and where all the world can hear me say it, you stay clean and sober, and God bless you, all right? Uh, yes, sir. Thanks so much. All right. Take That'll care, buddy. Boomer, take me to the break, brother. I know I ran long, but uh, that was a cool call. Um, I'm not sure I agree really, with everything, but that was a strong call. It was a strong call. All right. Take it to a break, mm -hmm. man. We will do that. We'll come right back. I got one or two more to talk about sometimes when government gets it wrong. Like, how about this? Out in California, if you're a doctor, they can take your license for not talking the way the state thinks you should talk. That's weird. We'll see. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right making it cool to be a conservative um text lines have blown up today uh we've got uh any number of commentaries going on uh regarding the segments we've been in so far um some taking issues some not 833-687-4448 that's 833-68-RIGHT is the number if you ever can't if you ever, if you ever think I read the number too fast, you're always welcome to go to our website, rightsideradio.org. It's printed right there across the top of the page. So, yeah, uh, but I can slow it down. I've been told to sometimes. 833-687 now. 44 and a 4 and an 8. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Okay, anyway, um, finishing up this first section, when government gets it wrong. Um, just read to you a moment ago, by the way, the, the fact that, 
Minnesota's Democratic Governor Tim Walz is pretty excited because they just became the first state to codify a right to abortion under state law. Okay, Minnesota, um, I'm not sure I want that emblazoned upon, uh, you know, the, the marble of our, our, our state capital. But what kills me, though, is they never call these things what they are. First of all, changing a kid's gender is called gender-affirming care, all right? And then the next thing is, and they say it right here, this legislation will allow Minnesotans to have access to reproductive health care. You're not reproducing. Abortion is just the opposite. Why don't they call it non-reproductive health care? I mean, what all they're saying here is we intend to kill the baby and we want to have a right to kill babies. And yet they want to hide it behind special terms like reproductive health care. Uh, the next one I've got, though, to wrap this segment up. California just amazes me sometimes with the things that their, their legislature does. But um, Assembly Bill 2098 in California, was passed into law in August of 2022, signed by California Governor Gavin Newsom, who thinks that sobriety is a joke. Says a federal judge halted, though, California's attempt to censor doctors when last Wednesday the court enjoined the state statute that banned medical professionals from spreading purported misinformation or disinformation to their patients about COVID-19. If you're not familiar, this California law was passed in 2022, signed into law by the governor, that says a doctor can lose their license, in essence, if they are caught, quote, spreading misinformation or disinformation. But who decides that? That was going to be my point. Who decides that? Perfect. Who? The state. So the state is now jumping into the medical stuff. Again. Bureaucrats. Ugh. People who handle regulatory aspects of the medical profession. They can decide whether a doctor-patient relationship should or should not be going a certain direction. They get to decide what the agenda is. Never mind the fact that a doctor's job, as trained and as sworn by the Hippocratic Oath, is to take care of their patient's needs on a case-by-case -case basis with what is necessary for that patient and to use all available means to promote health. Hmm. And here we are. The California law, though, is on hold. The court saw fit to enjoin it. In fact, Wednesday, presiding Judge William Shubb, who's a George Bush appointee, granted the motion to enter an injunction and even said the plaintiffs not only had standing, they have a uh, basically a likelihood of prevailing on the merits of the case. We hope so, because sometimes the government gets it wrong. All right, folks, we're coming back with Boomer McQueen. You guys want to stay tuned for that one. One of my favorite times every week. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> 